you are divine. Hello there, my beautiful authentic seekers, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. Oh my goddess, listen, I know that where I live and where a lot of you live, not everyone, but a lot of you, it is like barely summer. Like it's just started to be the summertime. And I got to tell you, I was like this summer, I, I was so cute. Okay. I was, I was cute. I was like three weeks ago old and I was like, you know, this summer, I'm really going to embrace the summer. I'm going to like do more summer vibey things. I'm not going to do fall in July. Like I always do. Cause y'all know that I'm a big autumnal bitch. I love fall and tell me why it has been summer for like not even two weeks. I already have busted out the fall candles. <laughs> I'm burning a pumpkin bonfire candle right now. And today I actually somehow randomly managed to go to a Bath and Body Works and they had their fall preview out and all the candles were on like an insane discount. Uh, so I managed to snag some of their fall lineup. I got pumpkin cinnamon bun leaves, which is a tried and true. Uh, I also picked up, I think it's, it was like cold brew coffee, which that one I just wanted for my like kitchen because listen, the, the millennial girlies know, especially those of us with major Virgo placements in our chart, y'all know that it is like, it was, it was Ellen Blair Fowler that taught us this on YouTube. Okay. And I, those of you that know are probably screaming right now. Uh, when you clean your kitchen at night, lighting the candle is what signifies to the other people in your house. Don't fuck up the hard work I just did. So, um, it's a joke in my house, but uh, I always like to light a candle when I'm done cleaning up at the end of the night, or if my husband cleans up, he'll sometimes do it too. But like when I clean up, usually I do it right after dinner. So I'll light a candle and it will just kind of be burning for the evening. But anyways, I'm deviating from the point here. The point is I bought that candle mainly for my kitchen area. Cause it just smells like coffee. And I feel like if I burn that in my office, I'm going to drink, I'm going to be so over caffeinated. It will be a problem. Cause I will just crave coffee. It smells like a coffee shop. And then I think we also got like pumpkin clove. My husband picked that one out for his office. So um, anyways, we are thriving, smelling all of the autumn smells, even though it was like the warmest day, I think of the year so far today. Uh, can't keep a bad bitch down. I'm definitely in my office burning them fall candles. So uh, living for that. Also, uh, I've missed this. I just have to say it is midnight where I am right now. You'll be hearing this at a different time, obviously, but I feel like this is one of those like cozy late night chats. I definitely had a cup of coffee too late in the evening. I am not tired. Uh, and I just finished putting together. If y'all watch my tarot card channel and you don't just listen to the podcast, the video that went out on Friday, it's like very Lisa Frank themed, uh, I'm stoked about that too. I can't wait for everybody to see the thumbnail. I think it looks so cute. 
but it's Lisa Frank themed and I just finished putting all the final touches on like production to send the video to my husband to be edited. So I don't know. I'm just feeling very girl bossy at the moment. And I was like, you know what? The podcast has kind of been on the back burner over the last month. And I really want to sit down and just like have a little chit chat session. But this episode is a treat and it might be a two-parter. We I don't know yet, but I'm actually going to be answering questions that you all sent to me. So I recently let y'all know if you follow me on Instagram, if you follow me on YouTube, uh, in the community section, I posted it a little bit ago. I said that I was going to start an ask Chloe segment on my podcast and that you could ask me anything. And it could be like literally advice for your situations. It could be about myself, things that maybe you'd just like to know. Uh, I'm a Gemini moon, so I'm an open book. Like there's very few things that I just like don't share with the public ever. Like the, I know that people always say that they'll be like, Oh, who I am online is not who I am in real life. I actually feel like who I am online is very representational of who I am in private because I feel like I don't keep, especially like emotions to myself. Like everything is just like exploding out of my mouth at all times. This is why we always joke that I should just call my podcast crying on the internet because I will literally be talking and I'll just start crying. But in any case, we're doing a Q&A segment and most of these questions I'm pretty sure are like advice type questions. Uh, I did pick at random. There were like 92 answers. There was no way I was going to have time for 92 answers or 92 questions. There was no way I was going to have time for 92 answers. <laughs> so I just kind of scrolled through and tried to pick as at random as possible, but I'm going to open a new one of these, like a new forum, and I'm going to post it in the description of this podcast. So if you want to be featured in, and I will keep it anonymous, these are anonymous. So, uh, like, I don't collect your email or anything with this. So it's completely anonymous. I do not see a username whatsoever, uh, but I'm going to make a new one and post it below this podcast so that in the future we can do another ask Chloe, or maybe we could do it as like a segment at the end of some episodes. But today I just wanted to do an ask Chloe. We're going to get juicy. It's going to be so good. I'm stoked. So question number one, is how do you know when you're receiving downloads or channeling? I feel like for me, this is an excellent question, number one, but also I feel like everybody that deals in like trusting their sixth sense or their like psychic nature is going to have a different answer to this. But for myself, I know that I am channeling or receiving downloads when I get goosebumps or like all the hairs on my body raise. For some people, they feel like that is like an instance of feeling scared. Like, you know, if you like hear something that's scary or you're watching a scary movie and the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. For me, it's not just like the back of my neck. I will have like an entire body sensation. It will literally go from my toes all the way up to like every hair follicle on my head. And when I say that, when I'm like recording YouTube pick a cards and I say, I just got the chills. That's when I know that I'm really channeling something serious because my whole body is having a reaction. And that's how I know I'm hitting on something really important as well. But it's that I feel like I deal with a lot of clear feeling and clear knowing and some clairaudience. I used to say that clairaudience was my strongest suit, 
but I think over time it has actually changed. I would not say that I now clear audience is my highest. I would say it's more about clear knowing. Like it's hard for me to even describe because sometimes I just know. And it's like something that you literally can't deny. Like not that you couldn't deny it to me. Anybody could deny what I'm saying, but like I could not deny it to myself when I just like know things. <laughs> it's hard to explain if you've never felt it, but that's how I know. Question number two, do you ever feel like an alien who doesn't belong on the planet by even the slightest bit? Absolutely not. And I'm not trying to be offensive answering the question that way, but I, for myself, without knowing anything about you, without knowing any context of why you would ask this question, no. And the reason why is because personally, I do believe in reincarnation. And I believe that my soul chose to come here to have the experience that it was going to have. I chose my body. I chose my parents. I chose some of my life experiences. I knew the kind of life that I was incarnating into. So I do not feel like I'm an alien who doesn't belong. And I actually think that a lot of times, um, just from my own personal experience, I'm not talking about other people, but, and please remember, I'm not a mental health professional. I cannot diagnose. I cannot tell you what you're going through. This is just my personal account. But I honestly feel like those feelings really align with depression. They really align with feeling like you're othered, like you don't belong. And the only time I've ever felt like I have not belonged, I would not necessarily say that I felt like an alien, but the only time I've ever felt like I didn't belong on this planet or that things were too much or I should be from somewhere else, etc., I was also dealing with the feelings of depression. So for me, no, I feel like I fully wanted to experience all that this physical life had to offer in the best way that I can. So I personally do not feel like I don't belong. And it's just my personal opinion that anybody that's on this planet chose to be here and wanted to be here. So I do not. And I think I also just refuse to entertain those thoughts as well. Like, I truly believe that I am the observer of my thoughts and I choose not to entertain those thoughts because I know for me that is a slippery slope into feeling depressed. So for me and my mental health, I can't let myself think like that. And that's just the facts for me. So question number three is the best way I can think to phrase my question is I want to know how to feel good about myself when I'm progressing or even excelling in something while others are not because I can tell that my success makes them feel worse and themselves about themselves and it makes me feel bad. I don't want to gloat or make them feel less than me, but I also want to be proud of myself. Okay. I saw this question and I immediately snatched it up because I was like this quite like I'm getting the chills because <laughs> I'm about to impart some wisdom. Okay. Um, I know that what I'm about to say, this person really needs to hear. I'm literally channeling right now, uh, from question number one, but I have been through this experience. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly how this feels and it sucks because you just want other people to like feel happy for you, but you also want them to feel happy. And it's honestly a huge fucking bummer when you're like, damn, I'm really out here doing this shit and everybody around me is hurting. And I hate that because I also want good for them. Here's what I've learned is in these situations, when I am faced with speaking to someone that is not doing well, 
but I am doing really well. Number one, I will not even sit and talk with them if I cannot keep my energy centered and grounded. If I think that talking to them is going to tip me off like scale wise, I will be like, hey, today's not a good day. But if I have the energy to give, that's question number one. Do I have the energy to even entertain this conversation? Because if I don't, I'm not even going to open the gates to have the conversation. I will say like, hey, let's make plans for another day. Uh, so that just like protects my energy outright. The second thing is that when I sit down to talk to them and I ask them how they're doing, I am listening. I am listening with 110% of the power that I have to listen. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to make comparisons. I'm not here to tell them to make changes unless they ask me. I am here to just listen. If I'm asked for advice, I will give advice. And honestly, one of the best questions you can ask somebody when they are just like dumping on you about the shitty stuff in their life is stop and ask yourself before you try to give advice, before you try to spout off like, well, I'm doing really great. Ask this person, how can I best support you right now? You will be amazed how well this goes over. And some people will say, I don't know, which I also hate that phrase. I feel like, I mean, I think it's fine to not know. There's, I put a thing out on my Instagram about this. I don't even want to talk about that right now because there's so much nuance to the phrase. I don't know. And people had so many opinions about what I had to say, but if they say they don't know, you can offer a couple of options. Like, well, can I continue to listen? Do you want feedback? Do you want advice? Can I support you in any kind of physical way? Can I, you know, do you need lunch? Do you need water? Like you can start listing ways of which you could help them. Only list things that you actually feel like you can provide. But my point is like, don't overextend yourself. My point is they might say, oh, I would like advice. And then you're able to give that. So I know this isn't, this is part of the answer to the question. So we're going to keep going. So if they ask you for advice, you can totally give that. Don't talk about your life yourself or what you're doing until somebody asks. That's, I think the biggest part is if they didn't ask, don't tell. Just, you don't need to make yourself a dumping ground. You don't have to make time for the person every day. And I would recommend that you don't, I would actually recommend that you put more space between you and these people if they bring you down and you're not able to hold your energy where you want it. However, when they ask you how you are, do not dim, do not put yourself down, do not dim, do not pretend that it's not awesome. And I shit you not, I, this has happened to me like more recently. I have had the person that was struggling, you could see it all over their face that they were just like, well, thanks. Like I'm doing terribly, but it must be nice. Like they didn't say that to me, but you could see it all over their face. And I knew, I knew that this would happen. Okay. I knew I was like, no, my only goal with this conversation is to be my authentic self. I've made space for them. I've made space for what they need. I've asked them how I can help them. They have asked me how I'm doing and I'm not going to pretend that I'm not doing awesome. And what is so interesting that you're going to find out is the people that want to change their situation, they're going to ask you how you did that. They're going to ask you, 
How are you so connected to joy? How are you doing so good? And they're going to learn from you. And you are going to be the person that sets them on the path to their own success. Then there are going to be people that are going to try to drag you right down to their level. And for them, you, it's okay. Again, this is where we kind of go back to say, huh, you know, at the end of the conversation, did I like that interaction? Am I going to keep making space in my everyday life for the person that does that, that cannot celebrate my success? And they also may come back with needing boundaries. Like in one of my own friendships recently, without saying too much, because it's between this person and me, um, they were really struggling with financial talk. And I'm huge on talking about finances. It makes me so happy. It lights me up. Whether I'm doing really good financially or I'm not, I love talking about facts and figures. This shit like gets me hard. I'm not kidding. I love talking about facts, figures, actual dollar numbers. And you probably wouldn't know that about me because I don't share a lot of that online. But this shit like gets me off. I love talking about it. And this friend of mine asked me very kindly, they were like, hey, I'm dealing with some of my own shit around financial scarcity. Can we just not talk about exact dollar numbers right now? And I took that in. And at first I was like, oh no, like I need to dim. I can't be myself around this person. I have to dim the way that I enjoy life because talking about numbers really gets me excited. But then I thought to myself, like, is this something I have to do with this person? Can I meet that boundary so that we can have a safe environment to interact together? And ultimately the answer was yes. So we just don't talk about actual figures anymore, but I still get excited about making money. I still get excited about talking about like my course launches and the things that I'm working on. And anytime that me and this person have like even a conflict like that, unfortunately, I don't think this friend listens to this podcast, but even if they did like, I feel like I would feel really comfortable talking about these things uh, because it's like our relationship has been such a good place for growth for both of us. I think I could confidently say that even without them here. But ultimately, the cool thing is, is when you mirror at people how happy you are, how good you feel, how good it feels to feel good you're not always making people feel bad. You're making people curious and then they will ask you what you've done so that they can change their lives too. So don't always think that by doing your best and feeling really good, you're going to immediately negate people and make them feel like they have to drag you down because the people that you want to hold closer to you, they're going to want to grow with you. And if they can't, it's okay to take a step back. It's okay to decide you're not going to give your energy to those people all the time. And the cool thing also is when you start to close those doors a little bit, I swear to you, it works like this. It literally works like fucking magic. <laughs> when you start to close doors on people that are just constantly bringing you down for feeling good, you are going to notice that either they will rise to your vibration and, or like, I don't even want to say rise because I don't think that people are lesser than anyone, but they will meet your vibration or they will literally be removed from your life. Like they will just stop thinking about you. You'll stop talking and it makes room for people that actually want to meet your frequency. I swear to you, it works like fucking magic. Every single time I have done this in my life, 
I have either had like friendships literally just fall away or I've had people meet my vibration and then like they change their lives and it's only benefited them. I've also been the person on the receiving end of that. I've also been the person that like people have taken space from me and I've had to rise to, or I keep saying rise. I need to stop that. I'm really sorry. I don't mean it like that. Please don't take it that way. I would need to meet their vibration to keep that person in my life. And I think that's like, to me, really what we need to get to is do not dim to fit in. Do not like, please never do that to yourself. Your authentic self deserves you more than that. Do not dim to fit in with somebody else. Literally just find somebody else. And because you deserve to be happy. You have worked hard to be where you are and you deserve every ounce of that success, especially in a world that feels like it's falling apart at every second. You deserve every fucking ounce of happiness that comes your way. And I promise you, there are other people that want to celebrate your successes. They want to celebrate your joys. And I know that because you're one of those people and I'm one of those people. And I know that it can't just be me and you in this whole universe doing that. So like that would be my number. That would be my biggest thing is create space. Like you don't have to be an asshole and just like run away from everybody or have altercation and get angry, which I don't think you would anyways, but like create space, create the environment where you are being authentically yourself and just watch what happens. It will be a little bit uncomfortable at first. I will not lie to you. The first time that I ever saw this happen where I had somebody like just telling me everything wrong in their life and then they asked me how I was doing and I had nothing but radiating good things to say. Like I said, I literally saw it all over their face. I could tell that it bothered them, but something shifted in that conversation and it's been different ever since. So just... Trust me on that one. Do not dim yourself down. That's my biggest piece of advice is do not dim to fit in. Continue to shine anyways. Continue to shine as bright as humanly possible. And you deserve that happiness, okay? Chloe Taylor's proud of you. <laughs> okay, question number four. Do you ever struggle with thinking you might be just doing the religion thing again when it comes to spirituality and witchcraft as an ex-Mormon? I grew up extremely evil evangelical and sometimes it's hard to separate listening to my intuition from the Holy Spirit or talk to my guides because it feels like I'm praying again. Any advice from someone who also grew up religious would appreciate. Thanks for all you do. Oh, such a fabulous question. And this is such a good question for someone like me. So thank you so much for asking this question. Um, absolutely. Now I will say, I don't think that like quote unquote, listening to the Holy Spirit, I've never felt betrayed by my intuition. I have actually kind of reframed that in my life. And I feel very confident in that. And, and maybe this will help you to me, what Mormonism taught to me. Cause if you didn't, if y'all didn't know, Chloe Taylor was Mormon for the first 18 years of her life. <laughs> and I basically slowly kind of walked away. And I want to say it was like, uh, circa 2015 or 16 that I was like, this is bullshit. I'm out completely out. Um, <laughs> but in doing that, I found like such better spirituality for me. But the one thing I will say is that when it comes to the quote unquote, like feeling the spirit, I'm all my religious people just like shut your ears for a minute. 
or skip ahead a few seconds because I'm going to say some shit that religious people are not going to want to hear. Um, that's bullshit. And it's always been your intuition, boo. Like, it's always been your intuition. There is, because I personally believe, and we're getting into my personal belief system now. You do not have to carry this. It's what I think. I personally believe that where religion goes wrong for me is that we teach people that God is outside of us. We teach people that like a Holy Spirit is beyond us and we have to connect to what is beyond us. When in reality, we are God. God is in us. And I don't even believe in God in the way that like Christianity teaches it. I believe that we are God. We are the goddess. We are the universe. Like look at how uh, trees grow and look at veins in the human body. Look at water and look at the blood in the body. Look at, we literally are, I'm getting the chills again. I'm channeling. <laughs> we literally are the universe. We are God. We are the goddess. We are reflections of that. Like, and that to me is where religion went wrong is it teaches that it's something outside of you and that you have to go and search for that or pray to that or what have you when really it's all inside of you. And even when you decide to pray, in my opinion, you're just praying to yourself. Like there's no, like, yes, I believe in like spirit guides and spirit outside of us technically, but I also believe that that's all part of us too. It's hard to explain. I feel like it's hard to grasp the concept that I'm trying to give. But the main point of what I'm trying to say is that for me, it was never the Holy Spirit. It was always my intuition. And the moment that I realized it, even before leaving the Mormon church, was when I went to a concert and I felt that feeling of like, quote unquote, feeling the spirit when I was listening to like literally Britney Spears music. I did go to Britney Spears concert when she was doing Planet Hollywood, which like ugh, Queen Britney Spears. I hope that woman never tours again and never does a show again in her life. She deserves peace. Uh, I would support her in whatever she wanted to do, of course, but like, gosh, I'm grateful that I got to see that woman in concert, but like, damn. Anyways, um, that was like a big monumentous moment for me when I was like, oh, the shit that I feel when I'm like singing at church, I can feel that at a concert. You mean it's not the spirit moving through me. It's literally just me like vibing out on music and feeling spiritually connected to all that is through music. That was like a big shifting point for me. So it's never been the Holy Spirit. It's always been your intuition. It's always been my intuition. I feel like there's no divide. It's just that the church feels like they have to give a guide for that because it benefits them. It benefits religion to be like, oh, the Holy Spirit connects you. You know, you just give me a little bit of your money and we'll wash away your sins. Literally, that's what churches do um, as like institutions. So it's the same, but we're just taking the freedom back. Um in any case, okay, let me get back to the question. <laughs> do I feel like it's the same? Um, yeah, <laughs> especially like, okay, I do, but I don't because I feel like it's also on my own terms and there's nothing like wrong or dirty about it. Meaning like, even when I look at like Mormon temple ceremonies, okay, if y'all haven't fallen down that fucking rabbit hole, you should, if you are like into like whack ass shit, uh, fall down that rabbit hole sometime. 
but I've watched like temple ceremonies from the Mormon church, literally just witchcraft, literally. I mean, it's all in the name of like a Christian based God. And it's to me disgusting because it takes the power away from women. It takes the power away from people and individuals and it's not free at all. It's not free. Like even being a part of the Mormon faith, I have big feelings about this, but like even being part of the Mormon faith, it's not free. You have to pay 10% of your money to like hold the temple recommend. It's not free. And to me, when I'm doing ritual, when I'm doing like witchcraft, when I'm in ritual, it can look similar to some of that bullshit you see in the temple. It's not, I don't do anything. I mean, I wouldn't even call it the same because I don't do anything like that, but nor do I honor something beyond like I might honor like Aphrodite or something, but it's never, it's never devotion to a, an institution. It's never devotion to like, you know, I don't know. I feel like it is the same, but it's different. Like I get what you're saying though. I get what you're saying when it's like, doesn't it feel like sometimes it's just repackaging the same shit. But I think for me where it is different is it doesn't like it removes the oppression. Like there's no, for me, because I grew up Mormon, Mormonism oppresses women. I don't care who you are. I will die on this hill and then reincarnate on top of it again. Mormonism is oppressive to women. And for me, getting out of that religion, I can't believe I was even ever okay being a part of it. Like, I don't understand how any, like, I get it because I think it gives you something to be part of it. But in any case, I could go on like a whole religious tangent. But to answer your question, I do feel like sometimes it feels similar. I get what you're saying about like, doesn't it just feel repackaged? However, for me, I don't put it in the same playing field because I don't feel like I'm not free to make choices that I would want to make for my own life. I don't base my choices off of a religious institution. And even if I want to like pray to the stars, you know, or I want to put out an offering for Aphrodite, you could say that that's similar to like a sacrament or praying to God. But I feel like at the end of the day, if it gives you peace, that's all that really matters. Because I really feel like we're all out here just talking about the same shit anyways. And it's all about what makes you feel good. I feel like that's the same with everything in life. That's why there's not like one diet plan that works for any one person. There's not one workout plan. There's not one health regimen. There's, you have to meet people where they are and as the individual. And I feel like spirituality is very much the same way. And that's another reason that I feel like witchcraft is different is that it is so different for each person. There is no specific set of rules. Like, yes, if you decide to be Wiccan, there's like some more rules to it, but it can be made to an individual person. This is why I love being a chaos witch, because to me, it is such an individual practice. I don't do anything the way that another witch has really taught me, maybe like certain protective measurements, but that's about it. In any case, I feel like I've droned on forever, but I hope that that kind of answered your question and some of the things that I think about that. But, um, that's all I got. So how can we, question number five, how can we be our most authentic selves if we can't get out of a toxic environment? Okay. I questioned whether I was going to answer this question because I think what I have to say is going to be kind of offensive. 
And for some people, this is literally going to be the medicine that you need to hear if you're in a similar situation. And for some people, this shit is going to offend you. And I just need to say, before I even say what I want to say, I don't know you. I don't know. You gave me no details about your situation. So recognize that there's going to be nuance to this topic that I am not, I have not been made aware of. Okay. So taking this at face value without knowing anything about your life, who you are, what you've been through, this is just going to be like my direct response back. So just take it with a grain of salt. Okay. I first need to say that I have been through this and that's why I feel the way that I feel. I feel like I have to give you a little bit of context. So cliff notes version, my husband and I got married in 2013. We lived in Utah for, we had been living in Utah for a while before that, but we decided like a year, less than a year. I want to say less than a year into our marriage, which we had already been together for like five and a half years prior to that, that we thought we wanted to start a family. Y'all know that I'm like the child-free queen, but <laughs> we thought we wanted to start a family. So we thought we should move home because we did not live next to our families. We were like, you know what? We should move home. We should move home. We can start our family with our family. It takes a village, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I've ever talked about this online, like to its full capacity, but we decided to move home and we moved in with my parents this was a fucking mistake. If y'all have been long-term listeners of my podcast, you know that my parents are some of the most toxic people you will ever meet, ever. Their relationship is toxic, the way they talk to each other, the way, like, both of my parents are so emotionally immature. Being in a room with them for more than 10 minutes, I want to pull my own hair out. Like, especially with all of the psychological knowledge that I now have, I see so many red flags. And back then I didn't have all that knowledge and I was a lot more reactive because I didn't have all that knowledge. I didn't know what I didn't know. But basically I put myself in the most inflammatory environment. Like when I tell you my father would berate me on a daily fucking basis, daily berate me and my spouse verbally, never physical, but like still berated us both on the daily. And we would be in a chaotic environment where my parents were screaming at each other every single day. Um, literally I'm not proud of this. I'm not proud of this, but just so you understand where I'm coming from in, I think it was like 2015, 2014, somewhere in there it was between like 2014, 2015, we lived there for nine months and I was drunk every day. I had to like, literally, I believe I had to drink to live there because I could not handle the toxicity of that environment. And this is why I'm such a big advocate for getting people the help they need that struggle with addiction is not only because I lost myself, myself, no, my sister to a heroin over to, Oh my God, I can't speak. I lost my sister to a heroin addiction, but there is addiction problems and alcoholism problems riddled through my family. And it is because my parents are emotionally immature people that bred children that couldn't emotionally regulate. So they use substance to numb out. I'm very grateful that I do not have an addictive personality. And the moment that I was out of that house, I didn't need alcohol anymore. 
Um, some other people in my family have not been that fortunate. It's been a lifelong struggle. Um, but my point is I got to a point in this toxic environment where I said no more. I cannot live here another fucking day. I would rather live outside. Like I would rather be houseless than live in this house. I can't like, and I was already a digital entrepreneur at the time. So I also worked from home and like, couldn't ever get work done because I was constantly being interrupted by being berated or my parents fighting. And it was just like a really chaotic environment to be in. And the thing is, I got to a point where my husband and I had nothing. Like he had gotten a new job. I couldn't hardly get work done because I was always being interrupted, but he had gotten a job and then lost that job for like a very stupid reason. I don't even know what reason they gave him, but it was, it was to me, he should have fought it. But regardless, it was a blessing in disguise. Once he lost that job, like the first night my dad like sat down and he wanted to pray with us and he felt so bad. Literally by day number two, he wanted to charge us rent, make us pay more and basically price us out. Like, I don't know if I overheard him say this. I want to say that's what it was. Is he was like talking to one of his brothers and he wanted to like keep increasing our rent so we would be forced to leave. Like what kind of parent fucking does that? I'm not saying that you need to sit like, you know, I was 24, I think 23. Like I get it. I shouldn't need to live under your roof for the rest of my life. My plans were to leave. I didn't want to be there, but like that was where that struck a chord in me. I'm so like, I have so much cancer in my chart too. I have a cancer. Well, I technically don't have a cancer stellium because it's not three planets, but I have a lot of cancer activity in my chart. I'm a cancer Mars too. So when I start yelling, I start crying. Um, very emotional. And I basically, I, I remember yelling at my dad at one point, like us getting in each other's faces and yelling at each other. My point is I'm painting this picture for you because I need you to understand that I have lived in toxic, abusive environments. And it was way worse in childhood than it was in adulthood. But my point is literally something in me just snapped. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I cannot be here. I cannot be here. And the consequence of being here is greater than the consequences I'm going to have to deal with. If I leave me and my husband had $300 on a credit card and $200 in cash. That was all we had to our name. We literally in a week's time, talked to a friend that lived in Utah. They let us move in with them. We took that money that we had, those 500, I think it was actually like $600, was $400 on a credit card, 200 in cash. Those $400 loaded up our car with anything we could carry and we fucking left and never looked back. I had to rebuild my whole life after that. Like me and my husband worked off of one computer. We had no furniture. I owned like a Nissan Versa hatchback. So it was only what I could carry in that car. And I don't regret a single fucking thing. I dealt with those consequences. The consequence was that my life had to dramatically downsize. I had to make myself really uncomfortable and go and live with somebody else in another state. My husband did not have a job. My job was not doing well, but I believed that it could change. And then it did. But like my husband did find work relatively easily. 
Like everything eventually lined up and it worked out, but we literally had to rebuild our, like I could cry talking about this shit because it was so hard and it was really scary. But my point is you would rather deal with the consequence of living in that toxic environment than the consequence of leaving because you always have a choice regardless of what you have to do to make that real. You always have a choice. And obviously there's nuance to this. Um, I know that chronic illness plays a huge role and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to not make room for nuance, but I just, I need you to know that if you are healthy, if you have an, like an able body, if you're able to work, if you are able to do things that will put you in a position to leave, you can. And it might be a different set of consequences that feel scarier but you can, and that should be your number one goal is getting out of that house, getting out of the toxic environment that you are in should be priority number one. And so if that means you got to start up an Etsy shop, making printables, start up an Etsy shop, making printables. If that means you have to go out and find two or three jobs, find two or three jobs. That to me, it's like, what kind of hard would you prefer is kind of where I'm, where I'm going with this. Do you prefer the hardness of being in that toxic environment or the work that it's going to take to leave that toxic environment? Again, I don't know anything about your situation. I don't know if you deal with chronic illness. I don't know what your situation is like exactly. This might be like the worst advice I could give you based on your circumstances. My point is from my perspective with what I have been through it was better to leave and deal with the harsh reality that I was going to have to rebuild my entire life than, and I'm so lucky and so grateful that I had somebody I could move in with that housed me for literally a month. It was one month. And my husband and I like were able, he was luckily able to find a job. My stuff actually got better and I started making more money because I was in a peaceful environment so I could work better. And we were able to find something like it was all very fortuitous. But my point is that's kind of the conclusion you have to come to is what kind of hard do you want to commit to? Because I do believe it is, it is a choice whether there is like, there could be nuance to that, but it's a choice. There's always a choice. You can choose to do something different that is going to get you out of that situation. And I have never regretted that choice. Like so many times I feel like people, even in my family have asked me if I would move home again. And the answer is always fuck. No, I would never go back to my hometown because I've done that life more than once and it sucked and it was terrible. And even though I have better relationships with my parents now, it, I would never move back there. Couldn't, couldn't pay me to move back there based off of my experience. And I'm sorry if I just like screamed at you for a little bit. That shit gets me in my feelings and gets me fired up because it was a situation that was just so hard. Like it gets me in my feelings when I talk about it because obviously I still have some pent up aggression around it, but choose your hard, choose your hard, choose what you're going to commit to. What is worth more to you staying in that situation or leaving? What would you need to do to leave? Commit to doing something today that is going to put you in the right position. If you do not make enough at your current job, if you are working right now, it's time to start looking for a different place of work that pays more. Like there is, 
there is better opportunity out there, even especially after 2020. I feel like we have so much more diversity in like online jobs too. So to be your authentic self, you said, how do we be our most authentic selves? If we can't get out of a toxic environment, you need to stop telling yourself that you can't get out of a toxic environment because you can. It's what kind of hard do you want to commit to? And obviously I also don't know if you're like, I don't know how old you are. So I understand there's nuance to this, but don't tell yourself that you can't. You can, and you will. And like rewrite your self-concept to really honor that. This next question is such a lighter conversation that we're about to have compared to that last question. I had to like pause and take several deep breaths. I was on one. But this next question is, what new video games are you looking forward to playing? So new video games... Um, number one, this is just so random, but I know so many of you follow me either from the gaming industry or every time you find out that I'm also a gamer and I will call myself a gamer, even though I love me some sandbox games, uh, y'all find out that I'm a gamer. You're always like, Oh my God, she reads tarot astrology and she likes video games. Yes, I am the whole package, but uh, the video games I'm most looking forward to right now, number one, Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life. Oh my goddess. I haven't bought my copy yet. I know it's already out. I'm actually going to buy it on Sunday, which is funny because I'll already have it by the time you listen to this episode, but I'm really excited. I didn't play the original, so I'm really excited. Um, currently I have been playing through Zelda Breath of the Wild. No, sorry. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And I want to say I'm pretty close to beating it. Like I've gotten to a point where I have to like go to the castle and stuff now. And I have poured probably like 70 or 80 hours into the game already. So good. Probably my favorite game of the year has been that. I think it's better than the first one. It might even be the best game ever made. Um, I'm also excited to play... That Like they put out a Nintendo Direct for a new Mario side scroller. If y'all didn't know, Mario is my favorite franchise. Like I know that I played The Sims for like seven years professionally, but it's not my favorite game. My favorite game of all time is Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. And I am a Mario fangirl. I don't play every rendition of Mario. Like I don't play Mario RPG or any of that. But I, or Paper Mario was never my thing, but like the actual 3D Marios and even the classic Marios, those are my faves. So I'm really sad that we're not getting so far. There's been no announcement of a 3D continuum after Mario Odyssey, but there is word that we're getting a Peach game, a 3D Mario game that Peach is the main character. So I'm really looking forward. They haven't announced much about it, but like I'm going to scream when they finally announce when this game's coming. This is one of those games that I would go to a midnight release to go and get this game. And I don't feel that way about most things. I'm a 32 year old lady. Yeah, I was, I had to think about that. I was like, wait, am I 33? No, I'm 32. I'm a 32 year old lady. And uh, I don't usually like go out after midnight. That's just not my vibe anymore. But for Mario, I would go out after midnight to pick that game up. You better fucking believe I would go pick that shit up. Uh, maybe I'll stream it. If y'all follow me on Twitch, maybe I'll consider streaming it. Um, so Mario... Um, I would also like to look at what else, what else, Mario, the, so side scroller Mario, which was like super Mario brothers, uh, wonderful or what, I don't even remember what the hell it's called, but really fucking excited about that. Me and my husband love the Mario side scrollers. So we will probably play that together. 
Um, what else? Obviously I'm always into Dead by Daylight, but like they just recently came out with DLC. That's one of my all-time favorite games, Dead by Daylight. I think that's surprising when people find that out about me too, because that game is actually kind of scary. Like it's a horror game, but I just, I'm desensitized from it. I have over a thousand hours in the game and I'm desensitized from most of it. Unless I go up against a Michael Myers, then I'm screaming the whole time. But... <laughs> Um, I love Dead by Daylight. Such a fun game. I just, I love social games. Like if I'm playing by myself, I prefer platformers. It's like my favorite style or sandbox games like Animal Crossing, The Sims. Um, but if I'm playing with other people, Dead by Daylight, 110%. I love the socialness of Dead by Daylight. I love like getting into a discord call with my friends and us just like bullying those killers. <laughs> if you play Dead by Daylight, you know. <laughs> um, but I would say that I'm looking forward to playing. It's definitely got to be the two new Mario's that were just announced. And, oh, there's also this game with like a cat. Gosh, I don't remember what it's called. It looks like untitled goose game, but with a cat. And they, I want to say it is coming to switch, which I am a switch girl. Okay. When it comes to video games, I prefer my switch to my PC. I prefer switch to PS5. I know that like the graphic components aren't as good and all that jazz, but it's the handheld for me. I love being able to pick up my switch and go to bed if I want to. Uh, it's, it gives like elite cozy energy. So uh, that's what I got for that. The next question is, I have two questions that are sort of related. One, as an at-home digital entrepreneur, how do you stay focused on work and keep yourself from being distracted by other media, social videos, random internet rabbit holes, etc. Okay. So that question, number one, um, install cold Turkey on your computer, cold Turkey. You can use the free version or the paid. I have the free version. It works great. Uh, basically you can turn it on and block every single website that you would go to. So I have Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, um, any of that. I have all of them on my blocked list and I just turn that on when I'm working. And then if I even try to go to the website, I can't. And I all often turn it on the night before I know that I'm going to work so that it's already turned on when I go to sit down to work. I also do not keep my phone around me when I'm working. I literally put it across the room on the charger and my Apple watch, I will have set to work. So it can't disturb me either. So that's like one tactic. I also love using, there's this program. I can't even remember what the hell it's called. It's like, is it llama? I'm sitting here with at my computer. So I feel like I could look really quick, but it's basically this program that it's a timer. Like it's, I want to say it's called llama llama life llama life.co. Uh, I have the paid version because I think it's worth it for that, but basically it's a timer app. It's a timer app that you can set your tasks and then hit play. And it works really well for me as an ADHD girly because it shows me, and I like scheduling breaks and everything. Like I'll say, this is what I'll allot for lunch. This is what I'll allot between these two readings. Um, you know, I'll schedule everything for that day. I don't do this every day, but it does help me when I'm trying to stay focused. It will show me what time my day will end if I do all of this in the order that I set up. And I feel like when you have ADHD, you get time blind sometimes. So this, I feel like really negates like time blindness. I don't get time blind if I do that. 
So I would say like those tools really help me out and hopefully they help you. Uh, and then I will also do like a reward system with myself. Like I'll tell myself that I can't watch, like if I know that some YouTuber I like watching put a new video out, I'll tell myself that that's my treat after work. Like, oh, that's what I'm gonna do when I finish this task. And I do feel like that's not a model that will work for everyone because some people would just give in to their desire immediately. But like, I will use delayed gratification to help me get work done. I'll be like, ah, you know, Rita Kaminsky, I love her. Put out a new video. I can watch that later tonight. Uh, when I finish these tasks today. And that really helps me. And I get like excited. I think about it all day and how I'm going to make myself a little avocado sushi roll and pour myself some kombucha in a wine glass. And I'm going to sit with the little face mask on and watch Rita Kaminsky and just like vibe, you know, I like make it something that's going to be a pleasurable experience for me. That really helps me. And then the second question I loved, because I feel like I'm a fucking expert at this. Your second question is, do you have any tips for those of us wanting to stay informed, but not have our personal vibration lowered by the news and general negative zeitgeist pervading what seems to be the whole world and especially American culture? Thanks for considering my question. Love your content. Find it very inspiring. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you. So I'm a fucking expert at this and this is very simple. Literally when I was, oh gosh, I couldn't have been more than 18. When I moved out of my parents' house the first time, okay, I was 18 years old and I'm 32 now. <laughs> so moved out of my parents' house. I stopped watching the news because I didn't have access to it. And something that I realized when I stopped watching the news, because I used to watch every day, like from the time that I was in like the fifth grade, Okay. I would watch the news every day up through high school. That was like part of my morning routine. And I always kind of had like a reaction to it. Of course, you know, my parents did the same thing. They would watch the five o'clock news at night. It was very routine in my house. But for the first time when I was off on my own in a totally different state going to school, um, I want to say I actually did have access to the news. I just was never around it. Like my roommates never turned it on. I had a TV in my bedroom too, that I brought with me that like, I just never played the news. There were so many other great things to watch. Cause I think my apartment had cable as well that we just never watched it. We never talked about it. We never watched it. I was in an environment where nobody prioritized that. And something that I learned from that experience was that whenever something world crushing happens, Somebody will tell you about it. I promise you, somebody will tell you about it. You will be informed, whether it's a checkout clerk or another friend that watches the news or somebody will text you, or if you work a customer service job, customers are going to be talking about it. Somebody will inform you. You will not go uninformed. I promise you, somebody will be talking about it. And then you can decide if you want to engage with that or if you don't. And from age 18 until the beautiful age of 32, I have still not watched the news. The only time in history since I was 18 years old that I was invested in the news was during 2020 when everybody was freaking out about the pandemic. I felt like I was chronically online looking at the news, but I think that's because everybody was scared. Like, of course I wanted to know the newest information. I was constantly seeking it. And I think that's a normal reaction when you go through a global pandemic, but 
now that I'm not trying to say it's over, I'm not trying to pretend that it doesn't exist, but now that things have kind of eased up a little bit, I don't feel the need to go and look. I don't feel the need to pay attention. I don't feel the need to seek the news. And so probably for about the last like year and a half, I have completely disengaged with the news again. And I feel like something I want you to know and take away from this is number one, it is a privilege to disengage from the news. It is a privilege. And it's a privilege that for myself, for my mental sanity, I can live with having that privilege. Because here's what having that privilege does for me. And what's the fucking point of having a privilege if you're not using it to benefit yourself or others? And the way that this actually is a good thing is that when I'm chronically online, looking at the news, searching up new headlines, seeing how bad everything is, I can't regulate my nervous system. I can't feel good. And when I don't feel good, I can't help people that are actually in need. Okay. Me being inside my house, the roof over my head, the wonderful food I have in my fridge, the support system I have around me, the list goes on and on and on. I have a lot of great things in my life, but if I am constantly in fight or flight thinking about the state of the world, I cannot be somebody that is a support system to help people that are in danger. Do you get what I'm saying? Is this clicking? I hope it's clicking. And so what I have recognized is that number one, I will never not be informed. Somebody will fucking tell me. This has been true since I was 18 years old. Somebody will always tell me. And I feel like it's kind of scary at first when you decide to disengage because you're like, oh fuck, I'm just not gonna know what's going on. But I need you to actually ask yourself, how is you being informed actually benefiting anyone? If it is benefiting people for you to know, like if you are somebody that is actually a policymaker, if you are somebody that is like on the front line, if you like of that sector and it benefits you to always be informed, if you're a journalist, right? If it benefits you, you shouldn't disengage. But if you have the privilege of not needing to hear the worldwide news every single day for whatever reason, it's okay for you to disengage. You're allowed. It's not going to make you a terrible person. It's not going to make you a bad person for you to not be always in it. In fact, it will make you a better person. Well, I, I don't want to say that because I don't think that people that watch the news are bad. It will make you a better person for yourself. Put it that way. You, because you will not be constantly in that state of thinking everything is awful. And something else that I just want to point out while we're on the topic is that when you watch the news every day, and I've witnessed this in myself when I was in like 2020, and even in friends that still do this and I interact with them, number one, chronic complainers. They're chronic complainers. They do not see anything good in the world. They lose touch with humanity. And you, for, you will literally be out here thinking that the world is the worst place, that nowhere is safe, that everybody hates each other. And then you go out in the world thinking that it's unsafe to be there. And don't get me wrong. There are places in the world that are genuinely unsafe for people to be in. That's not what I'm saying. But like, what I mean by that is like, I used to have this opinion that like nowhere was sacred or safe. And so I wouldn't even feel safe going to a coffee shop. Like it gave me so much anxiety that I wouldn't even feel safe going out of my house a few miles away to get some coffee 
because that felt unsafe because I had such a fear of other and such a fear of humanity. And once I started to disengage again, I recognized like just how loving people actually are, how much joy there is in the human existence, how much humanity actually loves each other and wants to help each other. I, and also I will argue, I live in Washington state and I do think outside of the Seattle freeze, everybody in like Washington state for the most part, people are actually really kind here. Like I've lived in California, I've lived in Utah and now Washington. I have to tell you, Washington people are the best. Like they're genuinely helpful, genuinely kind. I feel like I live in a really kind community. I don't notice that there is a lot of like aggression everywhere. And I can't say if that's because that's what I was always tuned into before. And now I'm not. So I notice how much like slower and nicer and kinder everybody is. But my point is, I feel like it gave me a false sense of what humanity is. And when I decided to disengage, I was able to see that humanity actually isn't as ugly as everybody portrays it to be. Because when we sit and we look at all the negative statistics, you don't see all of the positive statistics. Like how mortality rate for mothers is down as low as like it's ever been in human history. And life expectancy is longer than it's ever been in human history. But like, we just see all of these negative statistics for everything and how the world is just going to a shitter all the time. You're just going to feel like everything you do is part of the problem. And anyways, I could talk about this for like an entire episode, but my point is somebody will inform you. I would encourage you just to try, just try to disengage from the news for like 10 days and see what happens. See if somebody else informs you. See if it changes your nervous system because you're not going to be much of help to anyone if you are constantly feeling that peril. Okay? Hopefully that's helpful. <laughs> and I think I have time for one more and then we're going to have to split this into a two-parter. So uh, the last question I'm going to answer is, what are some ways you connect with spirit in your daily routine? I'm also, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm also an ADHD girly and have a hard time being still long enough to meditate, but I still want to devote time to maintaining a connection and a relationship with my spirit guides. So this is the first time I feel like you're going to hear this <laughs> and I'm not, I, it took me a long time to have this opinion. And now that I have it, I don't know why I went so long thinking differently. Meditation is not for you. I know what the fuck. This person on the other end over here that you know is like woo as hell and spiritual as hell. Meditation is not for you. Meditation is not for me uh, either. I totally get what you're saying. I myself, an ADHD girly, I used to tell myself that I could meditate and I had to meditate and like just I have to, right? Everybody that's spiritual says you have to have a meditation practice or you're not being with yourself or you have a problem, you're the problem. No, you actually do not ever have to meditate if you do not want to. If you do not like it, you are not any less spiritual than anybody else. And maybe you just needed somebody else to say it to you, but you are not any less spiritual. And I would actually argue that you should not force yourself to try to meditate. And 
try instead to do something different. Something that I love, and I'm sorry, I don't have a coupon code or anything for you. I really need to ask if I can get one, but um, I was actually supposed to be on the podcast and they cut my interview, which is really unfortunate because I know some of you were looking forward to it. I'm not sure why or what exactly happened. I think they like booked too many, but that's okay. If we're meant to cross paths, it'll happen again in the future. Um, but Mimi Bouchard, the creator of the Superhuman app, um, I was supposed to be on her podcast to talk about this, but um, it's okay. Like I said, the opportunity will present itself again if it's supposed to happen. But um, her app, Superhuman, um, they do have a two-week free trial. I'm not telling you this because it's sponsored. Like This app literally changed my life. And I've talked about it on my podcast multiple times. Literally free press for Superhuman because it was so thought-provoking to me that... I didn't need to meditate to feel a meditator's high. And here's what it is. The superhuman app is not meditations. Like, yes, there are some sit down guided meditations on the app, but they're presence. They like help you to become present without meditating. So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So this app, it's called superhuman. Go to your iPhone store. I'm pretty sure it's on Android as well. I know for a fact it's on Apple cause that's what I'm on, but I'm pretty sure it's on Android too. And this app, they do a two week free trial. If you want to try it, um, I recommend that you do, but this app, like I said, they have some sit down meditations. You can do those if you want to, but they have guided meditations, quote unquote, but they're not meditations. Like there's not another word for it. Unfortunately, apparently the app is going to have like a new word and they're like introducing a new category, but they've had development problems. And anyway, that's their story. Go listen to her podcast if you want to know about that. But the point is that they're basically like audio guides that you can listen to that will keep you present while you're doing other things. So like my favorites on this app, because I'm a girly that hates to fucking sit down and meditate. I hate it. I hate it. I do not meditate well. And I used to like really get down on myself about that. And when I finally accepted that I'm just not a meditator, immensely like lifted a weight off of me. And so my favorite ones that she has, there are cleaning ones where you can like put your headphones in and basically clean up and she'll walk you through what would be a guided meditation, but you're doing something else. And, or she has like writing meditations. I love her writing meditations so much that I've considered making my own. Like I've considered making my own just to put on YouTube so y'all can have them because I think that's such a good concept and I don't see it anywhere else. Um, though I'm not really sure how, like, I don't believe there is any original thought and I don't believe in copying, but like, I, I would never just plagiarize directly. I would obviously make it my own thing, but it's like those meditations, quote unquote, even though they're not meditations, those like writing, um, like listening and writing, they have helped me so much, but they're not meditation. You're just being present and focused and somebody is like guiding you through that. So I would highly encourage it. It literally is an app that completely shifted my life when I listened to it. Uh, I want to say it was back in the summer of last year. I got really into like my own hot girl routine. I listened to those, those, uh, I'm just going to call them sound clips. I listened to those sound clips like every single day. 
Um, and I literally like redesigned my life at that time. And it was really good for me. So if you don't like to meditate, that is like the number one thing I would recommend to you is to check out superhuman because it literally changed my life. And it's not a meditation app. It's not like it's, there's nothing else I can call it because that's what it, the best category it could fit under, but it's like made for people that don't meditate. Um, and it's not like calm where they try to teach you how to meditate. It's not like that. It's literally like you are meant to do activities while you listen to these and they help you to stay present. So she's like really fucking cool. And I'm obsessed. Um, so that is what, where we're going to stop. I do have some more questions I'll answer. I don't know if it's going to be like next week's episode, but I hope this episode helps you out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to check out my website. If you want to get my authentic self course or book a private reading for yourself, my YouTube channel, my social links, all the things, everything's down below, you know, the drill. And I will talk to you next Monday. I love you so much. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Bye.